0: This is the Nothing But Bucks podcast. Now, here's your host, T.J. Reeves. Wow. Wow. This is not the show that I thought I was going to be doing. I think I've said that a couple of times this year. But you know what? Actually, I've said it to the positive, where it was looking bleak, and you got a great comeback win in the final minute over the Rams, and you got a great comeback win in the final five minutes, scoring twice to beat the Saints. I I didn't think I was going to be doing a positive show about victories on Nothing But Bucks after those but clearly I did not think I would be coming in here with the Buccaneers having a first-half 17-0 lead on the Cincinnati Bengals with everything going their way. Momentum looking as good as they had looked in a month, playing as complete a first half as maybe they had played all year in terms of uh, offense, defense, all around. And yet, give away, and that's that's the real story here. Give away the game. I know the Bengals scored touchdowns, but they were given. I mean, tis the season with the holidays, Christmas coming up. Uh, the Bucks put one present after another under the tree and in the Cincinnati Bengals stocking for Joe Burrow. No, no, here, take another opportunity to score. No, 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 take another one, and t- oh, oh, and take another one in the third period. And you know what? Take a fourth one and take a fifth opportunity to score. As if we haven't been benevolent enough, man, it was bad. It was bad news bucks in the third period. As bad as any one quarter that I can remember of giving the ball away. You're talking about five turnovers in 11 plays, and really the the Brady interception to begin the fourth quarter is actually in the new quarter. But it's 11 total offensive plays that had five turnovers on them. So we'll get into all of this. We'll get into how Joe Burrow and the Bengals, one of the best teams in the AFC... Got a gift of gifts with those opportunities and took advantage of them. Bur- Burrow threw four touchdowns. You got to go score touchdowns to take advantage. That's what they did, and they end up getting the win. But what a what a wild weekend! Anyway, welcome in. It is nothing but bucks. I'm a little down. I'm trying here as we get the podcast out on a Monday uh, to be a little more upbeat because after all, you're still in first place. You've still got a shot for the playoffs. But man, you're running out of opportunities. You're running out of games. You're running out of taking advantage of having situations where you have the lead, like in Cleveland. You have the lead in the second half in Cleveland and a chance to win the game, which would loom large now late in the year. You have a chance yesterday up by 17 at home to win the game, where you're talking about a 7th and 8th win already and you basically have locked up the division. The ridiculously bad NFC South continues to be as such. Somebody's going to win it. And don't laugh, but it's looking like seven wins may be enough. Right now, whoever can win one more game, depending on what it is, if you're the Bucks winning one more, or the Saints, Falcons, and Panthers winning two more, seven on a tiebreaker might be enough. I don't think so. It's probably going to have to be eight uh, to win. Dick Van Patten, the '70s uh, family uh, drama sitcom. Uh, it is enough. You don't remember that if you're under the age of 30. You don't know anything about that. Is eight going to be enough? At eight and nine to win the NFC South, we'll see. But anyway, thank you for finding me on the Buccaneers mobile app, Buccaneers.com. Wherever you get podcasts, we are here on the day after games. We will be here after the Christmas night game in Arizona. I I cannot pledge to you that the podcast will be here early on Monday, on the day after, but you will have, hopefully, a present under the tree with the Buccaneers having gotten a victory. And I've got a lot of perspective on being not only a field level for this loss to the Bengals and what happened. I've got insight on that. We're going to play the highlights with me, Gene, and Dave from Buccaneers Radio. We've got post-game interviews. But I've got some perspective on losing records, getting in the playoffs. We've been talking about this before on the podcast. I mean, Buccaneer fans, as much as the NFC South is being maligned and everybody is making fun of the Bucks and the Saints and the Falcons and the Panthers, understand that three times uh, since 2010 in the National Football Conference in the NFC, a team with a losing record has already advanced to the playoffs. Uh, three times. Washington football team, Carolina Panthers, Seattle Seahawks have all done it. All three times the team had a losing record, a losing record even late in the year, and still found a way in. So somebody's got to win this division, and why can't it be our Buccaneers? We're going to talk about that uh, coming up. But for now, we've got to talk about what happened in the aftermath, the postgame aftermath, of, uh, of Buccaneers and Bengals. First meeting at Raymond James Stadium in eight years. Bengals had actually won the previous two meetings, having won when Andy Dalton quarterbacked them and despite throwing three interceptions, beat the Lovey Smith Buccaneers in a two-and-14 season. That was the Bengals win in 2014 against those Bucks. And then the Bucks beat Jameis Winston. See if this sounds familiar. Ryan Fitzpatrick and the Buccaneers on a day in which there were five interceptions thrown between Jameis and Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, in the game. Uh, and they lost at Cincinnati that day. Um, not Joe Burrow, I believe that was still Andy Dalton by the way, in 2018 before before Burrow has come as the number one pick. And look, I'm not making excuses. Cincinnati's good. Cincinnati is now 10 and four. They're the defending AFC champs and you cannot give them the opportunities the Bucks gave the Bengals point blank on two or three occasions right in a row and not think they're going to score touchdowns. It's just what you did after the game became 20 to 17 and even 27 to 17 where you couldn't muster anything after that to get back in the game. Turnover after turnover, and we're going to go over all of it uh, here in just a couple of moments and get into the highlights. Uh, look, we were trying to be in the festive mood, a little cooler weather at Raymond James Stadium, uh, to, to go and be part of this one, coming back home off of a bad loss against the 49ers. We wondered how would this team respond after the 49ers beat the Bucks badly uh, just seven days earlier in Santa Clara, California? Well, the answer is the Bucs were on point on both sides of the ball. In this first half, and built their largest first half lead. Uh, really, I'm trying to recall. Did have the Buccaneers had a 17-point first half lead? They have had obviously larger leagues, like 21 to three against the Seahawks, like 21 to nothing against the Atlanta Falcons. But I'm trying to remember in the first half, if you got up by 17 like the Bucks did. Look, this was impressive. This was as good on both sides of the ball as this team had been looking, and then it unraveled. So let's get into it uh, with the highlights. Play some positives. Uh, here from Buccaneer Radio, especially from the first half of this game, where the Bengals got the ball to start. The Bucks won the toss, deferred to the second half, put the Bengals on defense, crowd in the game, and early on for all the talk about what the Buccaneers were not going to be able to do and, and how bad the defense had looked against Brock Purdy and the 49ers, the defense showed up here near midfield.
1: Burrow. he'll play action fake over the middle ball batted into the air it is intercepted picked off at the 30-yard line deflected ball and Carlton Davis makes a diving catch at the 30-yard line really nice Buccaneers get our first interception in two months
0: that's just the second interception in nine games for the Buccaneer defense Uh, as Mike Edwards had gotten a Hail Mary interception in the Cleveland game. It had been dry, but Carlton Davis got that deflected ball. You got pressure on Burrow. I think it's Keanu Neal who got his hand on it. You got the interception, so that's a great scenario. It gets you some momentum. The team starts to move the ball with a pass. Uh, Brady to to Chris Godwin, another one to Cade Otten. You get down inside the red zone, and then once again, frustration for this team at times inside the red zone early on in the game. Unable to get... Uh, A a second down pass that really should have been intercepted. Uh, Tom Brady looking in the end zone over the middle and it should have been intercepted. On the third down play, he's looking to scramble and gets tackled and gets hit. There was a lot of room there, but you're talking about a 45 year old non-mobile quarterback who couldn't make it happen. And the Bengals had a couple of defenders close on him and he kind of stumbled and fell. And uh, all right, so you settle for the Ryan suck up field goal. You would have loved to have had seven there. You only end up getting three. But still, you had momentum in the first quarter here. You had the crowd in the game, and it would continue here with the defense.
1: Can they convert here on third down at five? Need to reach the 35. Empty backfield. Burrow dropping Burrow. out a He sucked back at the 24-yard line. Boy, a sack and a pick of the first quarter by the Bucks defense. Well done, Bucks.
0: Joe Tryon, Shoyanka, Anthony Nelson, double team on the sack. JTS playing with an injured hip. He was a gamer. He played every play of the game defensively. So, too, did Anthony Nelson. You needed their pass rushing help. Those guys played the entire game. Kudos to them, especially with what was unraveling in the second half, to be on the field the entire time without a break. Uh, so, there, I mean, there you get you force a punt. You've done a great job of uh, of pinning them in defensively. And now finally you get a drive going, an 11-play, 59-yard drive going. Again, you find Mike Evans early on in the game. It's not featured in the highlights, but Evans was making some plays in the first half. You get inside the red zone again. The Bucs unable to score on third down with Brady throwing incomplete. Now you choose, and I like this, from Todd Bowles. We're not kicking any more field goals at point-blank range here against the Cincinnati Bengals. Let's go get seven, and the Buccaneers did.
1: Fourth down, shotgun look, Brady on in the gun, takes the snap, looks to his left, looking, throws the ball toward the end zone, caught ball, touchdown Tampa Bay! Russell Gage at the pylon, fire the cannons, Bucs lead 9 nothing.
0: Mean Gene with the call, Russell Gage, able to back into the corner of the end zone, make that catch, get the feet down. Gage remember had the clutch fourth down catch against Green Bay earlier in the year has gotten healthier makes that play now it's 10 nothing now you're feeling the crowd now you're feeling the defense in the game it was it was uplifting this is what complementary football is supposed to look like and and for 14 games you really haven't seen it consistently only maybe in two or three games from this team we're on both sides of the ball they're on point and it would continue on defense here at this stage.
1: Empty backfield, Joe Burrow. Three receivers to the right, two to the left. Here's the snap we send the Blitzer. He fumbles the ball, but he recovers at the 12. Blitzing, linebacker, Levante David. Forces yet another fumble in his great career as a Buccaneer.
0: One of your captains, Levante David, making that hit on Joe Burrow. And he got the ball out. If it had maybe bounced away, if, 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 oblong ball. If it bounced a little bit away from Burrow, who's on the ground, you got a chance for Levante to pick it up or somebody else to pick it up and run it in and get a defensive score. That did not happen, but it forced the Bengals again to punt the ball away as the defense continued to stone Jamar Chase in particular. Carlton Davis doing a great job on him. So you had all the momentum. You got the ball back. Unfortunately, you couldn't get into touchdown range, and eventually Ryan Suckup would miss a field goal, a 50-yard field goal wide to the left. All right, so that gave the Bengals a little bit of life. The Bengals tried to move the ball near midfield, but again, the Bucks stopped them and now got the ball back and went on an 85-yard drive, moving the ball uh, down the field again to Mike Evans. You're able to get the ball to uh, Leonard Fournette out of the backfield, and eventually here in the late stages of the second quarter, the Bucks move in on first and goal and have this opportunity now to score out of a timeout.
1: First down and goal it is, just outside the Bengal five. Near side hash, moving left to right, one back set, four Here's the snap. Quick out of pass to Godwin. Godwin behind the block. Dives to the end zone. Touchdown to Emma Bay. Buccaneers take a 16-0 lead.
0: That time they got the receiver screen blocked. There weren't many receiver screens in this game. We've seen probably too many this year, but this one was well blocked by Mike Evans on the end. It's basically a two-man game. With Evans blocking his guy, and therefore Godwin going around his guy off the Evans block to get to the corner of the end zone, great effort from Godwin. Seventeen nothing, with Gene and Dave calling it on Buccaneers radio. And I've got to tell you, from field level at that point, what do I know? But I'm thinking you you are on the verge of a knockout blow here on Cincinnati. I know it's only the first half, and I know the Indianapolis Colts. Now that was the road team, had a 30 to nothing halftime lead, eventually led 33 to nothing. Right. Uh, in the game with Minnesota and gave it up as the road team in the second half with the Vikings roaring back and winning in overtime. So you never say never. And it was a crazy weekend. We had already watched just before the Buccaneer kickoff, the Cowboys blow a 17-point lead in the second half in Jacksonville with Trevor Lawrence leading the comeback. They won in overtime on the interception. But again, that's the road team. The Bucks are at home with the home crowd feeling good. And I know Cincinnati got the late field goal uh, on the two-minute offense you know, the hurry-up offense, the final-minute offense of the first half. Evan McPherson kicked the field goal. So that gave them some lift to the locker room, but still 17-3. to You're going to get the ball to start the second half. You've got to be feeling good about that. I-, I talked to Coach Todd Bowles on Buccaneers Radio going to the locker room, and he said we got to keep the pressure up on-, on Burrow. We did a good job of that the whole first half. we got to keep it up. Uh, and on offense, we're getting uh, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin involved. I mean, look at the difference. We keep talking about this when the up when the opposition cannot crowd the box, cannot crowd five yards beyond, because you're going downfield to Evans, you're going downfield some to Otten or to Godwin. Look at how it loosened things up and how you move the ball uh, by holding it a little more. Now the Bengals would obviously improve their pass rush in the second half, and you're about to hear the horrifying examples of this and what happened to the Buccaneers. But again, for one half of football, can you put two halves together, Buccaneers? Could not do it on Sunday. All right, so here comes the tough part that we go through. The miscues started with the young rookie returner, Devin Tompkins, bringing the ball out of the end zone on the opening kick, trying to make a play. Remember, on the opening kick in San Francisco uh, of the second half, he raced 50-plus yards with that one. Would have been better served, obviously, to stay in the end zone, just give the offense the ball at the 25 to go get some first downs and maybe go get some points at 17-3. Instead, he comes out, he gets clobbered right around the 10-yard line. You're backed up. You can't get a first down. You had a drop ball by Russell Gage early in that drive, and now one of the scrutinized mistakes here happened on special teams on the punt.
1: Jake Carmato will put total leather, fumble the ball. Was it a uh, was it it was, short snap? It's nah. recovered by the Bengals anyway at the 17 yard line. Bengals have the football.
2: Yeah, Giovanni Bernard was the guy that, they short snapped it to the personal protector. I'm not sure if they miscommunicated the fake punt. I think they were trying to get a fake punt for one yard. and
0: a lot being made of this play in the 17-3 game as giovanni bernard the veteran running back who's been on injured reserve with an injured knee has come back to play in the last couple of weeks here's the interesting aspects of this obviously they had a fake punt on it's now been studied it's been analyzed todd bowles the head coach has confirmed it to the media and to us you'll hear his interview here in a little bit on nothing but bucks the podcast so there are uh, other members of the punt coverage team that are well aware including the snapper zach trunner uh, uh, trainer who knows, this is a fake punt. Giovanni Bernard obviously missed the signal, or didn't understand it, or zoned out. And uh, you know, I don't know how that's not clearer to everybody in that moment from Keith Armstrong, the special teams coordinator, that if you're sending in the fake punt, all 11 people know this is the fake punt, including the punter Jake Kamara, the rookie. Everybody knows. Uh, and clearly, what the Buccaneers were trying to do on this play was run right through the middle, needing only a yard on fourth and one. And Bernard has the ball, unaware that the snaps coming to him, has the ball hit him right in the in the head and the face mask, off his hands, putting them up and off the face mask. And it's a fumble that Cincinnati recovers. I know it's a turnover on downs, but the play is also a fumble. So it counts as a turnover that Cincinnati recovered. Obviously, if he fumbles and picks it up, it still statistically counts as a fumble recovered by him. And then he runs for a first down, uh, there you go. They recovered the fumble. They stopped the play. You know, and this is interesting. This gets lost. That did not cost the Buccaneers the game. In fact, Cincinnati only got a field goal, and the game is 17-6. to I will sit here and tell you from vast experience of watching bad football, meltdowns, not just for the Buccaneers, but everywhere, that one play early in the third, that didn't cost the Buccaneers the game. It gave some life and momentum to Cincinnati. What cost them the game is what happened on the next two or three possessions because that was the game. The game turned completely on what you're about to hear right now, and it turned with an uncharacteristic quarter by Tom Brady. Uh, over and over again, bad, bad Brady plays. Who? He's the GOAT. He's the greatest of all time, and he's, he's won you games in this season, so let's just take a breath on writing him completely off. You're, you're not in a position to win this division right now without Brady leading the comebacks against the Rams and the saints that just recently happened that's why you have six wins but the goat was far from it uh including bad play after bad play in this sequence in the third so the bucks have the ball back it's 17 to 6 and this happens
1: brady points to the backers and the safeties takes the snap they drop in deep coverage brady looks up field, throws it up field. it is almost picked off is it, it picked off bingles have the pick at the 30 yard line
0: Again, he owns this. You'll hear his comments after the game to the media. He can't uh, throw the ball behind Cameron Brake to a guy that's on the ground. It's a bad pass. Uh, it's an interception. It's a short field, and it doesn't take long for the uh, for the Bengals to eventually get in. Now, there was controversy after the interception here where the Bucks looked like they had stopped Cincinnati on fourth and short in the 17-6 game. Uh, the TV replays do show Levante David grabbing Jamar Chase, the number one receiver for the Bengals. So that's a good call. Uh, but, man, you would have loved to have seen that let them play kind of moment. They didn't. There's more on that in a second because Joe Burrow got hammered back at midfield, had taken a 20-plus yard loss on fourth down. It's going to be the Buccaneers' ball at midfield, 17-6. to six, But instead, the penalty gives them a first down. All right, and then that would lead to this moment where the officials didn't even up the penalty calls. Here's the Bengals getting in the end zone for the first time on the day.
1: One back set. Mixon takes the snap. Play action fake. Dropping, looking, looking, throwing toward the end zone. It is a caught ball. Touchdown. Cincinnati Bengals. Tyler, I beg your pardon. T. Higgins. Higgins with a touchdown grab.
0: So T. Higgins makes the catch. But on that play, as Gene and Dave were calling it there, Joe Tryon Shoyenka is being held around the chest and around the neck and even having his arm grabbed as he's about to get to Joe Burrow by Lyle Collins. I'll name the name, the right tackle of the Bengals. And the referee is standing right there looking at it and doesn't make the call. That's his call. That's a blown call. Uh, Adrian Hill, that's on him. As much as you're going to flag the Levante David play, that's awful because it nullifies the touchdown. It backs them up 10 yards, and who knows if they only get a field goal there or maybe they miss the field goal. Shoulda, coulda, woulda. Instead, it's a touchdown. The Bengals are not able to get the two-point play. The Bucs stop that. So the game remains 17-12. And as I said, the Giovanni Bernard play is a momentum play on the fake punt where he doesn't run up the middle and get the first down, but it's what happened on the next three possessions as over and over again the Bucks and Tom Brady melting down including right here he takes the sack and doesn't protect the ball
1: out of the gun Brady rolling looking flashed he'll be sacked for the first time in two weeks at the 12-yard line did he fumble Bengals are saying he fumbled at the 12-yard line Bengals think it's their ball. The officials have not said it is Cincinnati football at the 12-yard line. The ruling
2: on the field is a fumble recovered by the defense, first down Cincinnati.
0: Brady's fumble recovered by the Bengals, and now you're in big trouble here from a a point blank standpoint again because you've given Cincinnati the ball again at the 13-yard line after the fumble recovery. The defense is right back out there after only a couple of plays and it only takes a couple of plays, as it turns out, five plays. You got an automatic first down again. It only takes five plays to get in the end zone as Burrow finds Tyler Boyd here.
1: Line up again in the shotgun with Mixon on the right If two receivers to the right. Boyd and Chase dropping, throwing toward Chase. Receiver falls down, catch is made. It's a touchdown, Bengals.
2: Yeah, defender fell down, that was Dee Delaney. And they... Tried to run that natural rub route. Delaney got caught behind a little bit, and he laid out to knock the ball away, but
1: he wound up losing his feet. And for the first time tonight, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are trailing. It is 18 to
0: 18-17. The Bengals would get the two-pointer as well and now lead the game 20-17. So to recap, the Bucs have fumbled a fake punt. And a couple of plays later, Tom Brady on offense has thrown an interception. And a couple of plays later, they have fumbled the ball on a sack fumble by Brady. All right, the game is now 20-17, to and you still have a ton of time left. You have a bunch of time still to go. Two and a half minutes in the third quarter and the whole fourth quarter. And the game's 20-17. to But again, disaster near midfield. You got a first down, and then this happens. Fourth straight possession miscue.
1: First down 10 from the 37-yard, 38-yard line. Brady hands it off, a oh, fumble football. Right into the line of scrimmage by Leonard Fournette. The Bengals say they've got it. I think the Bengals have come up with yet another turnover by the Buccaneers. Officials have not said yet it's their ball yet, but the Bengals say it is, and they're jumping up and down. Bengals football, shy of the 40-yard line. Fournette with a fumble.
0: The ruling on the field is a fumble. Recovered by the defense, first down Cincinnati. And again, as the CBS TV replay showed, and Tom Brady owned this after the game, the fumble's on him. He's trying to stick the ball out with his gloved left hand, and he is dropping the ball as he's trying to hand it to Fournette. It never gets to him. It never gets to his chest or belly. It's a fumble. Fournette, I know, was incredulous on the sideline, upset. Rightfully so. Uh, Again, a huge play. The Bengals jump on it right away. Again, it's like holiday time, Christmas time. Take it. Here's a gift. Here's a stocking stuffer. Here's a wrapped present under the tree. Time and again, another short field. This time, they only have to go 39 yards to get more points at 20 to 17. They get a big third down conversion to Jamar Chase. They get into scoring range. And eventually, uh, here, Joe Burrow makes the Bucks pay again.
1: Now, point in motion. The snap, Burrow looking to his left, fires a caught ball by Chase. Touchdown, Cincinnati Bengals. My goodness, the hill gets taller to climb for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's 26 to 17.
0: Chase gets that touchdown in the former number one overall pick and then remember they're the AFC champs he's been he's been dialing up plays to Jamar Chase and T Higgins and those receivers uh, for the last two seasons and the Bengals look like the AFC North leading Bengals once you kept giving them the ball on short field after short field after short field. So now they're in a commanding situation at 27-17, but still you had plenty of time left. Can the Bucs mount a comeback with all their t- timeouts? Remember, they were down by 13 to New Orleans, which is seven minutes left. Got the ball, scored, got the ball again, and scored and won the game. Just not to be on this night. And again, Tom Brady hit here as he threw at Gene Calder.
1: Brady takes a low snap, looks upfield. flesh gets the pass away. It's a wounded duck, and it's almost picked off. I no, think it, it was yeah, one hop to the in. 48-yard line. It was one hop. As a flag, the Bengals say they've got the ball. The no, Bengals it, say they've got the ball. They're
2: going to try to act it out like it yeah. was an interception, but it's not. The ruling on the field is an interception. First down. on an interception.
0: Wow. What can you say, folks? Tom Brady. Four turnovers in four possessions. Again, arm being hit there. The Bengal makes a great play on the ground. The ball comes right to him. It's a lucky play where he's laying on the ground and makes the catch. They cash the interception in as uh, Burrow hits former USF Bull tight end Mitch Wilcox on a little 12-yarder down around the goal line. They burn some clock. They get in the end zone. Wilcox scores after they killed uh, a good... Six minutes on the clock, game is over at that point at 34-17. I know you got a late touchdown to Russell Gage in the final minute, couldn't get the two-point play, but not nearly enough, not good enough. Five straight possessions, third quarter and early fourth quarter that end in turnovers, five of them in 11 plays. A meltdown, an absolute meltdown um, as a 17 to nothing first-half lead, 17-3 halftime lead evaporates. And the Cincinnati Bengals take it from the Buccaneers. Four touchdown passes by Joe Burrow. And look, I I can't blame the defense that much. You you want them to try to stop the Bengals, but how many times are you supposed to stop them at virtually point-blank range when you keep giving them the ball back? This is on the offense not being able to do something. And how many times have I come on this podcast on Nothing But bucks and talk about turnovers? We talked about it at, at length with Jameis Winston over and over again that you cannot keep giving the team, the other team the ball in a short field three and four times every game. And the Buccaneers really haven't done that. Tom Brady had been taking care of the ball. He had only thrown, what, four interceptions all year, two of them last week, to the 49ers. He throws two of them in this game and two other fumbles. I don't know that he's ever had another... Uh, game where he's had three turnovers in a quarter or four turnovers within 11 plays, but that's exactly what happened in this one. And the Bengals deserve credit for taking advantage on this Sunday and getting the win that damages the Bucks' hopes of winning the NFC South. Now it's not over; the Buccaneers still lead. Everything remains status quo. We'll explain more on that in a few moments. But this one stung. So as you can imagine, after it was over with on our Hooters post-game show, not much in there. Uh, Sean Murphy Bunting is a guy, we didn't have this in the highlights, he would love to have a possible interception back in that third quarter at a ball in his hands, he couldn't come up with it. Again, the defense had some chances, they kept giving the Bengals some life with some penalties, but I, again, fault the offense more for this for putting them in that position. Anyway, here was Sean Murphy Bunting graciously trying to make some sense of it all immediately after the game was over with on Buccaneers Radio. I, I don't know where to begin with the third quarter uh, do you just credit Cincinnati for taking advantage
3: of everything that happened? Yeah, I mean, I think they uh, obviously they were blessed with some good field position and uh, they took advantage of making, making it count when they had the ball um, in, their, you know, in that position. So um, we just got to do um, our job on defense and just try to limit them as much as we can um, when they're in that situation and just play, uh, play hard and play with each other for the rest of the game. Joe Burrow
0: throws four touchdowns to four different receivers. I know this is immediately after the game, but,
3: again, do you just credit him for being a tremendous player and being able to make plays? Um, he got his ball to these guys. Uh, like you said, I mean, um, it was just a good game. I mean, we battled the whole game uh, back and forth. Uh, Joe's a really good quarterback, and um, there are some really good, talented receivers. So um, he just he did his job, and he got the ball to those guys, and they made a good play and, and made uh, touchdowns
0: with the understanding that i know you're not going to criticize the offense or turnovers or whatever but you spent the whole third period basically because of short fields in that end it makes it that much more difficult does it not
3: yeah um it's just part of the game you know um you're going to be dealt with uh, short field situations you're going to be dealt with uh difficult situations and good situations so it's just a matter of um how you handle them and how you how you attack each situation um it's a complete game so um each you know special teams offense defense we have to play as a unit play together and um, just keep fighting the whole game for each other. And finally, because you've been good to stop with us, what has to be done now to regroup and get ready to go play
0: Arizona out there?
3: We just got to win, you know. Like uh, that's all it is, man. We, we're not winning games. We got to win games. Um, we're competing, you know, but we're not winning games. We're not doing enough to win those games. So um, everybody's got to look themselves in the mirrors and uh, figure out what they're doing wrong as 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 an individual and see how we can attack each day and each week and um, you know just go out and try to get wins.
0: Again, SMB was out there a bunch with Jamel Dean injured. You had Antoine Winfield back for some of the game, but he re-injured his ankle. Mike Edwards back. Carlton Davis had done a good job on Jamar Chase for the first half of the game, but the Bengals just eventually started making plays on the secondary. So frustration. Uh, veteran tackle Josh Wells also talked with us on the Hooters post-game show. Again, the Bucks were rolling along, and then the turnovers happen. the meltdown happens. Where does this team go from here? Here's more from a veteran tackle talking with us after the game. I know you're a veteran and you have been around a lot and have seen a lot. I don't know that there is an explanation, but let's, let's try. What was the difference in that third quarter? What happened with a team that had been up 17, nothing to have that happen in one quarter? Yeah, well, I think we always talk about turnovers and penalties,
2: uh, field position, you know, and it's constantly preached. And um, I think it's just something that we need to correct, uh, whether that's engaging mentally, uh, trying harder physically, uh, but just continuing to fight. We can't, we can't turn it in. We got three more games.
0: Uh, we need to just get a win, you know. When things were going well in the first half, why were they going well? What clicked? What led to the 17 nothing event? Yeah, I think we're just all uh,
2: on the same page. Uh, finishing our blocks, making tackles. Uh, we were turnover free, uh, I think in the first, first half and we got a turnover. Um, and I think that's the name of the game is field position, turnovers, penalties. And uh, I think we just got to continue to fight Continue to work, uh, and nobody's turning it in. So,
0: and one more: you're a veteran. You obviously were part of a Super Bowl win for this team. As veterans, what what is going to be said? What has to be done to put this behind you and go try to win a game in Arizona? Yeah, we got to learn from it tomorrow.
2: Uh, i thinking, then come back Wednesday, um, and, ju- and just rally together. Uh, there can't be people turning it in. Um, There's no blame game. Uh, I think it's just continuing to fight, uh, continuing to stick together, correct the mistakes in your room, and look yourself in the mirror um, and
0: fix what you need to fix. Your class to stop for me. Thank you, sir. Thank you. 34-23, the Bengals victorious, uh, snatching away a Buccaneer uh, lead of 17-0 to win the game. Burrow and the Bengals looking good right now. Buccaneers, uh, you got to say this, right now at this stage are floundering with three losses in four games. Got to get it together. Uh, here for the late run of the season, looks so good in Germany, and then it just hasn't translated off the bye week into putting four quarters together. You're fortunate to have won the Saints game, where you did not play well for three quarters on offense of that game until the very end. But you take that win, and we'll have more on that in a few moments. It'll add up. Here's the head coach, Todd Bowles, uh, none too happy on our Hooters Hooters postgame show here. His thoughts um, after this game, including the fake punt, the turnovers, the mistakes. Here you go. Well, 34-23, the Cincinnati Bengals have come from behind and have won this one, and the coach here is with us immediately after it is over with. Coach, uh, the third quarter, just uh, mistakes, and then the Bengals taking advantage of the mistakes. Just tell me about the third quarter where this game completely turned around and what happened.
4: Too many turnovers. Uh, We had six straight possessions on the plus side of the 50, uh, two inside the 20, one inside the 30, or at the 30. And cues and turnovers. You can't win the ball game, turn the ball over four times. It started with the punt. Uh, we bobbled the snap on the punt, and we got turnovers, three turnovers in a row. Can't win like that.
0: All right, a lot of uh, people are wondering about the fake punt or what happened with that play. It clearly looked like Giovanni Bernard was not ready for the ball. Can you just take us back to that situation there where the game is still, I believe, 17-12, I think, was the score at that point when that play happened? It was
4: fourth and one. They had their special teams on the field. We practiced it all week. We had the perfect play drawn up for it. It was blocked right, and we bobbled the snap. All right. Uh,
0: Then after that, obviously, they continued to make plays. How much do you credit Joe Burrow for taking advantage of the opportunities with touchdowns uh, as they eventually were able to take the lead?
4: Well, we got talent over there you know when you got the receivers he has and the quarterback who he is they're going to make plays when you make mistakes uh, we turned the ball over every time they capitalized and made made us pay for it we had some penalties within those drives that kept them alive and you know we we helped them we helped them make plays as well
0: for this team obviously you suffer this loss but now you have to be able to regroup and you get ready to go out and play arizona what what will be your message, your mindset here over the next two days or so to try to put this behind you?
4: you got to keep fighting. You know, nobody's going to save us. We know that as a group. This is not the time to point fingers. We understand that as a group. Everybody's got to play better. We've got to reach down, and we've got to reach deep down, and we've got to come up with some plays, and we got to play together, and we'll stay together.
0: Have to regroup. And to clarify one more time here, uh, the, the fake punt was definitely on. We've had time to analyze it, watch the CBS replays. And clearly the guys up front are blocking straight ahead. I mean, the weakness that he's referring to, Coach Bowles, is that Cincinnati had very few players in the box, in the middle of the defensive alignment for the punt, the punt defense, for the punt return. So what they saw is we can completely overmatch them through the middle. There's going to be double-team blocks. The center, the snapper's going to have a chance to get a block, and we're going to overpower him through the middle, and Giovanni Bernard's going to get a yard, four yards, probably uh, not going to bust free for a long game, but he's easily, if he catches that ball, there's not going to be anybody in the middle. They only had like four or five guys in the middle and, and only really had one guy like between the snapper and the center. You can't line up directly over the, the snapper's head. So they really felt like just push them forward, with the inside blocking of seven or eight guys, and Giovanni Bernard's going to get the yard or a two. He wasn't going to try to run around the end. You watch the blocking on the right side of the formation. If you see the replay again, he was maybe just going to go to the right where he, was, where he was standing and power right through the guard tackle area. What is that called? i got to get Dave Moore's verification. I believe that's called the six hole next to the guard and the tackle. And the seven hole is outside the tackle and the tight end. So I think he's trying to go through the six hole right there, guard and tackle right at him. Hockey, it's the five hole underneath the goalie. But in football, I believe that's the six that he's going to. Uh, and that's what the intent was. But the the uh, Giovanni Bernard didn't pay attention, was zoned out, whatever, by his own admission um, a- after the game. And I, I know he had a terse exchange with the media members that are wanting to talk to him. The media's got a job to do. And, and understand this, folks. I'm in a different role. I work for the team. They employ me. It's not my job to go find Giovanni Bernard and beat him up. That's for the media uh, for Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, Jen Elaine ESPN, our friends at 953 WDAE, the iHeart Sports Station, they can go find him. The other, the other Cincinnati media, the AP, whoever wants to go find him and ask him questions. And Bernard took responsibility for it. I know there was confusion on his part. He did not think a fake punt was on. Again, I come back to that Keith Armstrong, the special teams coordinator, has got to be saying in that huddle, we are faking this punt so that everybody knows. It's not an optional thing. They got the look they wanted. So and you did it in your own end. And let's say this too before we hear from Tom Brady in just a moment or two with the media. All right, you're you're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't, because people have been criticizing how vanilla it all looks and not taking chances and not taking risks. The Bucs have done this now with taking some risks without any success. Really, I mean, they remember they were trying to double reverse to get the ball back to Tom Brady in the Atlanta game all the way back in uh, in early October, and Scotty Miller dropped the reverse and never got the ball back to Brady, trying to trick play. In, in Germany, speaking of Germany, you're trying to trick play with a Leonard Fournette pass, a ball that he should not have thrown, where Tom Brady is not wide open, don't throw it to him. So you're trying to, and now here again, you've been practicing this, as the coach said, all week, and you botch it. So some of it is you're trying to run a trick play. I understand where people are saying, well, what about the situation? Folks, the situation is 17-3. to 3. The game is not over because of that play. One way or the other. Even if the Bengals were to have scored on the fumble return, it's only 17-10. You're trying to keep the ball, keep momentum, catch them off guard, and a player doesn't execute and doesn't pay attention. It's bad. And you know Bernard's an ex-Bengal, and he's standing out there and doesn't get the the play correctly, doesn't get the snap, and they don't get it to work. I mean, again, what happened the next three possessions after that, that gave Cincinnati three touchdowns after that in a span of about seven minutes of clock time or eight minutes of clock time, whatever it was, that was more important uh, than, the, than the fake punt alone. All right, speaking of frustration, Tom Brady obviously frustrated at 45 years of age, a four-turnover game. Uh, we know this. The stat has been everywhere since last night. He had never lost a 17-point lead at any point in the game that they have led by 17 in New England or Tampa Bay. He had never lost a 17-point lead, lost the game. That's what happened Sunday. But I would submit, when's the last time Tom Brady had four turnovers in 11 plays? Probably never. So here he was with the media when it was done.
2: Tom, you guys look like you're in control of that game. And then turnovers, you know, starting with the kind of a botched fake punt there, gotcha. Just what what was
1: happening that was uh, creating all those?
5: Uh, just, you know, unforced errors. So just... Two fumbles, two interceptions, you can't win football games like that.
0: So. Tom, sorry. Uh, Todd's talked about bucks on bucks. You guys are beating yourselves the last couple of weeks. You hear your coach say that. What's, what's going through your mind?
5: Yeah, we just, you know, had a good first half. We're in a good position, and we just literally just, you know, gave them the ball. So if you give them the ball, obviously we can't score. You know, they're a good offense. So they scored, and, you know, they took advantage.
1: In the first half you guys were moving the ball really well possibly even the best you
0: have all season especially in the passing game um, what felt different when you guys opened the game in the first half compared to the other games
5: yeah we played good i mean i think we had the ability to play good i don't think that's i don't think we lack confidence in playing good it's just consistency and two good quarters doesn't win you any football games and five turnovers doesn't win you any football games the leader on this team what can you do to try to help this team moving into next week and, and, and wiping it away. Yeah, just work hard, you know, just work hard. So we got a huge game coming up. So I know I keep saying it, but it's the reality and got to go make it better.
0: Tom, the last couple of seasons, you guys weren't beating yourselves for the most part. Why is it different this year, do
5: you think? Uh, You know, there all these games are individual games, and today was five turnovers. I mean, you can't win football games with five turnovers. So
0: good about limiting turnovers,
5: first three months of the season. Is there something different is it an urgency that changes that you have
3: for today that what was different out
5: there? Um, you know, the two the two fumbles were, you know, my fault. It was uncharacteristic. Um, you know, one of the interceptions was um, just a terrible throw. And the other one, I think, you know, the guy made, I got hit and the guy was laying on the ground, the ball landed his arm. So
3: they they seemed like they were pressuring you a lot more in the second half versus the first half. It wasn't necessarily with blitzes or anything like that. Was there anything they were doing differently? I don't know if it was more stunting in the second that allowed them to get to you? Not
5: much. I think we just, uh, you know, they, no, I mean, I don't think so. Yeah, it wasn't a lot of blitzes per se, but, um, yeah, it's just our execution. And, again, turnovers kill you. It killed us today. It was just, yeah. Yeah. Not the way, not the way we need to do in order to win. That's certainly not the way I need to play in order to win.
1: Tom, what can you say about Joe Burrow seeing him on the sidelines and the way he was able to rally back in that second
5: half for his team? Yeah, he's a he's a good he's a really good quarterback.
0: Thirty-four twenty-three is our final Cincinnati wins it. The quarterback not happy, and again, he knows his play's gotta be better. Six turnovers on him the last two weeks. You gotta get that corrected starting with this week in Arizona. Uh, so a lot to get back to and regroup. And, and let's lay it out now on Nothing But Bucks as we wind it down. The playoff picture is still in focus for this team. Yes, it was a meltdown, but you lead the division by a game, and you got the help you needed. New Orleans beating Atlanta means New Orleans has a fifth win, but it keeps Atlanta at a fifth win, a game back. And Pittsburgh and Mike Tomlin complete the sweep of the NFC South by beating Carolina 24-16. They beat all four of the Buccaneers, Saints, Falcons, and Panthers. So now uh, you're, you're right where you were when the day began on Sunday, December 18th. You're a game in front. Six wins to five. And so now you get ready to go play Arizona, who, by the way, lost in Denver. And Colt McCoy, the backup veteran quarterback, injured in that game, Trace McSorley, the former Penn State quarterback who's played a little bit here and there for Arizona, he had to come in and finish. Denver put it on them with a the backup quarterback themselves. They ran it on him. Arizona clearly floundering Cliff Kingsbury's job in question for the Christmas night game coming to Arizona. I know Buccaneer fans are going to immediately say third-string quarterback against the Bucs, look out. I agree. You better be ready. You better be on point for what Arizona's going to try. They've still got DeAndre Hopkins, but you've got a chance now to win this game. Let's lay it out. If you take advantage of this win... You have improved probably to 80 to 85% chance now to be in the playoffs as the South winner. The seventh win is going to be very difficult uh, for anybody else to get to eight wins. So seven is going to at least get you in the tiebreaker as we continue to say this stuff and watch this stuff uh, all throughout the NFC South and how comical it's been. So really right now for the Bucks, the Buccaneer magic win number is two. Two more wins, however you can get it. And you would want it to be the Arizona game, and you would want it to be the Carolina game. You don't want to go to Atlanta with anything on the line, especially with the Falcons alive, having to beat them there. If you have your druthers, you want to win them all. But if you're only going to win two games, win these next two. Because that will get you to eight wins, and that will virtually lock it up uh, coming up for the Buccaneers. Uh, here with this. All right, so let's take a look at the schedule. Where the games again are going to be played on Saturday, on New Year's Eve, on Saturday. Bulk of the games being played. Yes, uh, Jacksonville and the Jets, by the way, get to play on Thursday. Jaguars off that win over the Cowboys. This becomes an interesting fringe game for the AFC playoffs, by the way. Jaguars beat the Cowboys. The Lions, who've now become alive in the NFC chase, beat the Jets. So they play Thursday night. Jets 7-7, Jaguars 6-8, important game at the Meadowlands. All right, for the NFC South purposes, Saints at the Browns. The Browns obviously won against the Ravens in a low-scoring game Saturday. They've won six games. The Saints have to win out. The Saints basically have to get to eight wins because they're not going to win a tiebreaker with the Buccaneers, even at eight and uh, nine. They don't win the tiebreaker with the Bucs head to head. So they've got to get to eight wins and hope the Buccaneers lose at least one. So, uh, again, keep an eye on Saints-Browns Christmas Eve early afternoon game. The Lions who have to win come into Charlotte to play the Panthers and Sam Darnold and PJ Walker if he can play at quarterback. He's had a high ankle sprain. Again, the Steelers beat the Panthers last week. The Lions right now 7 and 7 are in the wild card conversation. They have to win. So simultaneous to the game with the Saints and the Browns in Cleveland, the Lions come in to try to beat the Panthers and keep them from getting to a sixth win. Meanwhile, will Lamar Jackson be back for the Ravens? He's had the injured knee, hasn't played the last two games. The Ravens at home, they need to win, trying to keep their hopes alive to maybe win the NFC North. They're now a game behind the Bengals. Bengals 10-4, and 4, Ravens 9-5. and 5. So there's motivation for the Ravens at home against the Falcons. So, again, three teams in the South all playing non-division games. The Bucks are the fourth team playing the non-division game. The Panthers are the only team at home. Falcons-Ravens also playing at 1 o'clock. All those games simultaneously. So, Buccaneer fans, if you want an early Christmas present, if you want a Hanukkah present, a Kwanzaa present, Festivus for the rest of us, whatever you have, you want those three L's before the Bucks take the field Sunday night. Because if you get them and you get a Buccaneer win... You are now at seven and eight and two games clear of everybody. Where basically one more win by the Buccaneers puts you at eight wins at that stage. And that win would be in Car- or at home with Carolina. And that puts you in position now to win the division with one more win. So if you get all three losses that is going to keep uh, Carolina, Atlanta, New Orleans at five wins coming off of Saturday afternoon, then a Buccaneer win Sunday night puts you at seven wins, and with two games to go, that means you only beat Carolina and you need no other help. Your magic number is one win. One win to win the division with an eighth win. So let's see if you get all of that help. In the event that you don't get all of that help, all right, I'm not going to go too deep in the weeds. I don't have charts. This is not a visual. This is not a video show where you can see me, but just, just stay with me on the numbers. In the event that one or a couple of those teams win, the Buccaneers are still good with a victory to be at least one in front of everybody, if not two in front of everybody. Bear in mind the Bucks have the head-to-head tiebreaker over the Saints already, if it comes down to it. So the Saints have to finish right now with eight victories, three to go, and the Bucs cannot have eight wins. Or the Saints are, as soon as the Bucks win one, uh, two more games, the Saints are eliminated. Two more Buccaneer wins or a combo of a Buccaneer win and a St. loss where they can't get to eight, they have to get to eight and the Buccaneers not get to eight, or the Bucks get the tiebreaker, head-to-head with them. All right, the next thing is, uh, in this scenario, Carolina and the chance to put them away, a-, a chance to beat them head-to-head here, and it will all but put Carolina away on the division tiebreaker as well. You have the tiebreaker on Atlanta right now. Again, you don't want anything on that final game at Atlanta to be riding on it, especially for the Falcons. So again, two Buccaneer wins will get them in. All right, and now let's just for a little historical perspective before I'm done on nothing but Bucks. For all the oh my God, how can you get in with only seven wins or eight wins? Uh, two years ago, Washington football team, now the Washington Commanders, they got in with seven wins and played the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They won the NFC least that year and got a home game. The Washington Commanders, by the way, lost their 14th game that season to go 6-8 at that stage. And yet, they were still in front in the, I looked this up, in the NFC East at that point, by a game. The Commanders, by the way, lost their 15th game the following week to go 6-9. and nine. And at that point, it came down to what would happen the final weekend. They won and uh, and advanced with a 7 and 9 record because the Dallas Cowboys lost on the final day and could not tie them at 6 and 6 or at 7 and 9, excuse me. The Cowboys remained with only 6 wins. That's the year they lost Dak Prescott. Eagles couldn't get to 6, Giants couldn't get to 6. So that year, the Washington football team went into week 15 or week 16 with the bye week, their 15th game at 6 and 8 and lost the game. And still at 6-9 made the playoffs the next week by winning in a 16-game schedule. So all this stuff about, oh, the Buccaneers, do-. look, the Washington football team got in. You want to go back to the 2014 Panthers? They got in ultimately with a 7-8-1 record, 16-game schedule now. We've been playing 17 games the last couple of years. They were 3-7-1, and one, the 2014 Panthers. They beat the Bucs at the end of the year. They won the last four games. So they went into their 15th game. That year, at six, eight and one, of uh, five, eight and one, excuse me, they went into the fifteenth game at five, eight and one. They won it. The Panthers to go six, eight and one, while everybody's going, oh, Buccaneers, they're only going to win seven games or eight games and win the division. The Panthers were six, eight and one and still alive to win the NFC South. Remember, that's the two and fourteen, Lovey Smith Buccaneers, the awful Saints, Drew Brees that had a bad year, had been injured some. Falcons were bad as well. The Panthers won the final four games and got to 7, 8, and 1. Did not have a winning record. Seven wins, eight losses, one tie. They got in the playoffs. So there are two recent examples in the NFC East and the NFC South of a team not even having a 500 record after their 15th game and still being able to make the playoffs by winning the 16th game. Now, the Bucs have to play one more game, and that's why this game, huge in Arizona, coming on Sunday night. We'll be out in the desert for Christmas weekend, Christmas Eve, Christmas night. It is the first Buccaneer game ever played on Christmas. We played on Christmas Eve a bunch. We played on New Year's Eve. We played on New Year's Day. We'll play on New Year's Eve again. We played on Thanksgiving Day against the Dallas Cowboys. Haven't played on July 4th because they don't play the preseason games that early. Christmas night in Arizona, who is already out of it. They know they're out of it. They're eliminated in the division. Uh, They are done And so now we get this matchup coming on Christmas night for uh, the Buccaneers against the 4-10 Cardinals uh, in the desert. And, again, it looks as though, depending on Colt McCoy's status, he left the game with an injury and did not return on Sunday. Will we see Trace McSorley? Will we see the veteran McCoy? DeAndre Hopkins and company, J.J. Watt in Arizona. They played well for part of the game with Denver, but then Denver took it to them, and Denver's not very good. That was on the road. And obviously, New England beat them on Monday Night Football at home a week ago. Uh, they're in turmoil. How about the Cardinals have only won one time in their last 13 home games? Once. Going back to early 2021 games, 1-12 for Arizona. The Bucks have to, have to, have to take advantage of this. Play sound football, as Todd Bowles is saying. Stop playing Buccaneers beat the Bucks. Don't turn the ball over. Get some takeaways. Do some things early. Take care of the football. No penalties. Don't let the Cardinals have life. Go get this win, and then everything sets up for you if you're able to get that win. Because, again, a victory and a seventh win means at worst you're up by a game. If everybody in the South wins besides you, you're up by a game. If everybody wins. But more than likely, Saints at Cleveland, uh, Lions have to win at Carolina, Falcons at the Ravens, highly motivated. Is Lamar Jackson playing in that game on Christmas Eve? Let's see. You're going you're gonna to probably get a loss or two. You may even get three losses. Early Christmas present would be all three of them lose. Now the door is wide open to beat Arizona and all but lock up the division. Now you control your own destiny with one more win. I, I know the other teams are talking about controlling their own destiny. At this stage, they don't control their destiny. They have to have Buccaneer losses. They have to have at least one more right now for all of them and win out. Buccaneers control their own destiny. Let's see what happens. Again, we head to Arizona this weekend. Nothing but bucks will come your way off of Christmas. Everybody have a great holiday. Uh, Have a great Christmas weekend. We look forward to being on the air with you uh, for Sunday Night Football at 7 7 Eastern Time, 5 p.m. in the desert on Christmas night. Enjoy Christmas with your families. Enjoy the holidays this week and this weekend. We're going to be out on Buccaneers Radio at 7. You'll hear all the pregame coverage with Gene, Dave, and me. The interviews with Todd Bowles and uh, players And uh, we'll check in with our buddies Ronnie Lane and Pat Donovan throughout the pregame coverage. And then the Bucks and Cardinals will kick off just after 8 p.m. Christmas night. A chance to take a large step towards winning the South. You can't control what happens Sunday any longer. It's gone. Find a way to correct the mistakes. Find a way to go get a win. Let's see if the Buccaneers can do it. We will come your way with a nothing but Bucks podcast after it is over. For now, we're done. My thanks to Jason Berenger. Thanks to our director of broadcasting, Jeff Ryan. I am merely TJ Reeves. Buccaneers smarting at 6-8, but a chance to beat the Cardinals Sunday night. We'll have the game for you on Buccaneers Radio on Christmas night from State Farm Stadium in the desert of Arizona. And we'll be back Monday to recap, hopefully, a Buccaneer win and a big step towards winning the South on nothing but Bucks. For now, we're good. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas as we roll on for Buccaneers Radio and the Nothing But Bucks podcast.